We're going to pick up where we left off last week. The title that I gave it, you remember, was The Start, nope, The Start of Another Journey. The Start of Another Journey. Point number one I made last week that I just want to just reference is how the selection was made to choose Timothy. And today we go to point number two. Point number two, I gave you at the end of last week, but I'll give it to you now as we're going to develop that point today. And hopefully we'll get to point three. I was hoping to get to to both points last week and wasn't able to. Point two is God's closed door means that another door is opening. God's closed door means that another door is opening. I don't know how many times that I have gotten discouraged or worried when a door didn't open or was not open that I wanted to see open. I've, I've gotten discouraged in the past when I was trying to go through a door that didn't seem to be opening. I have seen that when God has closed a door, there's time that we have tried to break down or bribe God into opening a door. It shows that we have failed to look around to see what other door God was opening. We have been so persistent in going through one door that God may have closed for the time being that we have then lost all hope and have stopped looking to see what else God was doing. Paul and his companions understood that when they were trying to enter a certain place, And the Holy Spirit said, no, it was not to hinder the work of God, but it was to seek the best avenue to accomplish the work that God was doing. God's closed door at the moment does not always mean a permanent closed door. I don't know how many times people just say, God closed the door, ain't nothing ever going to happen for me. Closed door does not always mean that it's permanent. Too many of God's people sit down, sulk, and quit when something they are trying to do is not working. There are some people that want others to pray for a door to open that God himself has closed. Let me say this. We need to pay attention to the signs That God is showing that a door being closed right now means keep moving and looking for the door that God is leading you through. It's sometimes hard to discern and to decipher when difficulties mean that we need to persist. And when God has clearly said, I am not opening that door right now. It's not always clear, God, do I go forward? Do, are you saying no, or, or do I persevere, or do I begin to look? How do we discern and decipher? It's not always clear. And I don't by any means try to want to make it seem as if it's just an easy thing to understand, because it's not. And that's the time when we need to make sure that we're praying, that we're in the will of God, we're preaching, we're praying, we're reading the word. Because sometimes you're, you're, you're looking and you're praying and God and the Lord doesn't seem to be saying anything. I told you this before that there was a time where I needed to make a decision about hiring a person. And, and we were 
we were interviewing people and they come down to a couple of people. And I needed to give an answer. And Lord, I'm praying, Lord, which person, which person? And the day that I'm to give an answer, I still didn't know. And as I'm sitting down in my kitchen where I would pray, I'd take a chair, sit it right in front of the stove and turn the burners on because that's how I used to stay warm. I like heat. Turn the burners on, open up the stove. This is about 200. I don't turn it on 459. Just, just a little bit, give me some heat. But that was my place to pray. And the kids were younger because they had their room, so I had to find, where can I go? And being a closet, why, I'm too loud in the closet. Bathroom, the kitchen was my place to pray. And I can remember sometimes early morning, my son goes, oh, no, Dad is praying again, trying to sleep. Disturbing his sleep. But on this morning, I'm sitting in the kitchen. And Lord, I need an answer. I need to know which one to choose. And as I'm sitting there praying, I heard distinctly. I'm not paranoid. I'm not schizophrenic. (laughs) In my spirit, it wasn't audible. But I heard the Lord. I heard the Lord said, say, either one. And I stopped. You know, you praying, you're like, hmm? <laughs> Did I hear? Either one is what I heard the Lord say. There was such a uplifting of my spirit. There was a burden that was lifted right there and right then. Sometimes your answer does not come. It don't come because you're not praying. You're not seeking the face and will of God. You're trying to break down the door and you haven't spent any time on your knees. And when God has said no, you say, God, I'm still going through that door. I don't care what you say. There are times when you need to back up. Times when you need to pause. And there are times when God does not give you the answer until the time that is time where it's time to make the decision. Right at the time, sometimes God then gives an answer. And it was at that time when the Lord said, either one. There are times when the Lord has told you no. And you clearly knew it was no. I'll give you an example. For yourself and just 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 go with me. God said no to that trip. You really want to take this trip. Everything you're doing is falling apart. You haven't saved for the trip, don't have the money for the trip, and then you borrow money to have spending money for the trip. Still paying for the trip. Last year, I want to go on another trip. God said, not at this time, but you said, I'm going. It may be just that God is saying, no, it's not time for this trip. I'll let you go at another time. We have to learn to decipher and discern and hear God's voice, but that's the first part. Then you need to learn how to obey what God says. 
whatever the signs were that God gave to Paul and his companions, the Bible said that they were trying to go minister and the Lord would not allow them to go into certain areas. They were trying to go into the province of Asia and the Lord kept closing doors and we don't know just how it happened, but we know that he closed the doors. But get this. We know that God called them to minister and Paul, Timothy, Silas, and Luke, who joined them on this second missionary journey, they all are still looking to hear what God has to say as they move forward. They didn't stop ministering. They didn't stop going. Hey, get to a certain place? God said no. Go to a different place? God said no. It was at the place and time when the Lord gave Paul a vision of a man over in Macedonia. And this man said, come over here and help us. Paul took that as a sign that the Lord was calling them to Macedonia. And the Bible says they got ready immediately. There are some of us that God has given you a clear word and you've been procrastinating. You haven't moved. And you know that God has called you to move. And you've been sitting idle. There are sins of commission. There are sins of omission. What's the sin of commission? Does anyone know what a sin of commission is? Huh? Okay. To do something that God has said not to do. What is the sin of omission? Not doing what the Lord. Do you not know that both are the results still of sin and disobedience? If God says to move and you don't, or God says don't move and you do, you know, it's either doing something that God says to do or not moving when God says. They both result in disobedience to God. We need to understand that God still disciplines both. It was Paul who got ready immediately with the group, and they said, because of this, we feel that we're taking it as a sign that the Lord is saying that this is the place where we're to go. Now, I want you to note something here. Brother, I might need your glasses again. Y'all can't see that. <laughs> Thank you. Look at what it says. Verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day on to Neapolis. Now, one of the Bibles talks about the wind that was there. God gave them the ability to have the wind at their back and pushed them along that they made this trip with only within a couple of days. You see, sometimes when you got to realize when you're in God's will, God will open up and create circumstances in order for you to accomplish his will. You understand me? 
God said, they said, this is the place we were to go. And God helped them get there in a great amount of time. Paul made the same trip at another time. It took five days. But they were able to sail straight through because the wind was at their back. So we need to learn to move with haste when the Lord calls us. It was Paul, Timothy, Silas. And Luke, who makes this journey to Macedonia. And it is in Macedonia that they are in where there's, there's, there's evidently, we'll see, no synagogue in this place. Because one of Paul's habits was to go into a city and then to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath. But it was at... The closing of the doors to the other place that we find Paul and his companions moving in the direction that God called them to be. You see, when you're in the will of God, that's, that's a blessed place to be. When, when you're in the will of God, that is an anointed place to be. How many of you ever been out of the will of God and experienced difficulties and just all kinds of problems? And you knew you were out of the will of God. When we're out of the will of God, it makes sense to quickly get in the will of God. Do you know to get in the will of God just means that you repent, you turn? Just turn and stop doing what you're doing. It's to turn around. You know what the word repent means, right? Repentance means that I'm going this way and that I repent, I'm sorry, I'm going the other way. We turn, we turn, we turn, we turn. That's to repent. It, it, it means to turn around and go in the other direction. Repentance doesn't mean, God forgive me, and keep going in the same direction again. That's what we like to do. God give me grace. As I'm being tempted in this area that I'm not willing to leave. As I said, you can't tempt me with pleas and lima beans. I don't like them. <laughs> but bring some potato salad, some apple pie. You can tempt me with that. <laughs> I, I, liked, I like that. Lima beans? Peas? Oh, no. Like I told you, I've never had since I've been... Never had peas in my house. I mean, they've eaten peas. I mean, me? You ain't got to make enough for me. I'll make my own vegetables. <laughs> I ain't eating, I ain't eating peas. And, and let's say sometimes they get a little peas coming on the rice and a little dish. But by themselves, no. I don't like them. But you can tempt me with the very thing that I do like. When there's something that is sinful, we need to be careful because remember, Sin is appealing. It's appealing. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. For a season. But, but, but when that season is over, that's what we have to remember. Point number three. The conversion of Lydia. The conversion of Lydia. Lydia is, is, is the first European mentioned in the New Testament of having been saved. 
the first. Now get this. She's from the province that God would not allow Paul and the others to go to. She's from the province of Asia. This is the area that the Lord said, I don't want you going. But she's in Macedonia. She's in Philippi. Lydia was from Thyatira, a place famous for, the, for its purple dye. Came from a shellfish. Very expensive. It should also be noted that there's another famous person from the place of Thyatira, Jezebel. Jezebel was from Thyatira. They have two different personalities. I told you about Jezebel. Don't know too many people named Jezebel. And everybody calls you a Jezebel. It ain't a good thing. Don't take that as a compliment. It's not a compliment. Somebody calls you a Judas. It's not a compliment. It's not a compliment. No, no, no. Thyatira. Thyatira, known for its dye. And this person, as Paul goes into the city of Philippi, the Bible describes that Paul and his companion went to the river. Now, now, we need to understand, let me go back for a minute and just talk briefly about Philippi. Philippi was a Roman city. It was a Roman colony. There was a war in 42 B.C. Mark Anthony and Octavian fought they, Octavian and Mark Anthony were on the same side. They were generals. They fought against a person by the name, another general, Cassius and, and, and Brutus. Mark Anthony and Octavian defeated soundly Cassius and Brutus. And soon after, Octavian became the emperor. Of Rome. He became the emperor. And this city in Philippi was a very important city, and, and, and it was a city that became a, 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 a place for the military. It was strengthened and it became a colony. What is a, a colony is a, is a city that is basically subject to another city. Say that in Rome is the mother or the major city, and Philippi was the colony. In other words, the laws, many of the laws would be the same as that of Rome. They ruled Philippi. And it was very strategic. And this is the place that the Lord had Paul to go into. A place that was ruled by the Romans. Octavian later became known as Caesar Augustus. He changed his name. We read about Caesar Augustus in the Bible. His name was Octavian. 
And so it is in this place of Philippi, a colony, a major city, that Paul finds himself in. And Lydia from Thyatira is there as well. You see, in Rome, the, the royalty wore purple and red. It was a royal color. So the, the trade that, that Lydia was in as a, a, a working with the dyes and dyeing clothes, she would be in high demand with the royalty. She was a well-to-do woman, a businesswoman, a woman of means, and she's at the river at the time of prayer. Now, the Bible says that she worshiped God, but Lydia was not saved. Mm. How do you get that? Huh? She was not involved in all of the decadence of Rome and all of the things. You see, if a city is modeled after their head, then that colony or other city is going to have a lot of the same problems as the other city. But it was at the time of prayer. Now, why would they be at the riverbank? Well, there's no synagogue in Philippi. Any new religion had to have approval of the government. And so they're gathered at the riverbank. And get this, there ain't no men there, no men. No men are at the prayer. The women are at the prayer. Isn't that interesting? Back in that day of the case, and even today, it's the same thing. Ain't that interesting? That in most churches, I thank the Lord, but hard to find men. In the service. Paul's visit to Philippi later paved the way for his heartwarming book called Philippians. Now let me just go back for a moment. Brother Larry, would you mind if I borrowed your glasses? You told me to keep them here, but in my preaching, I forgot and gave them back to you. May I have them again? Thank you. Thank you. You, you, you all right, man. Yeah. This is, this is my, my, my prayer partner here. Brother, how are you doing this? All right, here we go. Oh, the magnet. Here you go. Look, look at this. Verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city to the river. Now, also with the river, there would be ceremonial things and, and rites that would be taking place. So that's a good place to be. Where we expected to find a place of prayer. In other words, they expected. Somebody told them they're praying at the river. And Paul, you've got to imagine, get this. Paul was a man that he's going to find a place to worship. And Paul goes and says, where can I go? And they told him, down at the river. And that's where he found the women. Down at the river, praying. We sat down. Now, here's another thing. And began to speak to the women. That is not the cultural thing to do back in this day. Talking to the women? Paul didn't care about tradition. Paul cared about lives being changed for the kingdom of God. 
So he's there, and he's talking to the women that had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman, woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. Now look at this here. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Now, One of the questions that I sometimes get in here, and people say, well, people that are in, in, in countries or in backwoods and whatnot, if they don't ever hear the Lord and hear the gospel, how can they be saved? Why would God send them to hell? And, and, and this and that and the other. The Bible talks that the Lord has, has placed himself, his spirit, in every person. And in fact, in Romans, it speaks about people can look out at nature and see there's a God. People can see... Just make an example. If I was to tell you that over five billion years, this bench came to be just like this. It had, it was red. It had this design and all the pieces just fit together. All by chance. It took that long. How many of y'all would believe me that that would happen? Not a hand went up. How is it possible then to take us as complicated as we are, our internal structure, and think somehow that we just came or popped onto the scene? This is an inanimate object. And we don't expect that this just came. When we look at this, we say, somebody designed that pew. Somebody made that pew. We look and say, that couldn't have happened just by itself. If one, one, one chromosome, one gene is off, we've got problems. Perfection. When we look at what God has made, that the sun has to be just the right distance from the earth so that we don't burn up or freeze to death. The moon and the gravitational pull, it has to be just at the right place. Only a God could do that. The God. Only the Lord could direct the steps of his servants to be at the right place at the right time. To be at the river, to have a woman, to be able that the Lord says, it says, the Lord Opened our heart. Do you not know that you can't come to God just when you want to? The Lord prompts you in your spirit. That's why, the, that's why the Lord says, the day you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Because it's the Lord's prompting that draws you. So when people say, I'm going to come one day. I told you they're praying Russian roulette. Because you cannot... On your own, choose. It's the Lord that draws you. It God, it's God that gives you the ability and the grace to be able to even respond to his word. And when the Lord said that God opened her heart and allowed her to be able to receive the message that Paul was given. And the message was, Jesus Christ died, is alive forevermore. And you need to accept him. And the Lord said that Lydia accepted the message that Paul had to give. Isn't that incredible? See, that's what the Word of God did. You see, it's the Word that makes the difference. It's the Word of God that changes lives. 
So we find, we find Lydia. Even though there's other women there, it says the women, it focuses on Lydia. And, and, And get this. She had no idea that she would be impacting history, that the Lord even included her in the scriptures. So when the Lord says not to add to or in order to take away from the word of God, Lydia is in there. Responding to the message that God gave. Now understand, she had to compel Paul and the others to come and allow me to be able to serve you. When she got saved, now get this, Paul, Paul was very careful because there was a lot of shysters out there in this time. They were pillaging people. And so one of the things that would happen, there's a new person that, a person coming, I'm preaching the word, and they just take advantage of the people. Paul didn't do that. Paul worked for a living. And even though it was fine that when he could give his, t- his attention to the gospel full time, that's what he did. But when he had to then make ends meet and there was not enough at times, Paul went right back to tent making. But it was Lydia. And the Bible says that she had to really compel them. Do you not know that, that when Paul is here that she is impressing upon them? Please come to my house and y'all stay there so I can be a blessing to you. And because she, re- she would not give up. They finally surpassed okay. Now I want you to understand this. With Lydia blessing Paul, it says a couple things. Number one, she had the means to be able to do it. She would have had servants. She had, would have had the space to be able to do it. And most of all, she had the heart Willing to do it. She had the means. She had the ability to be able to do it. And it was because of what God had done on her, in her heart. She had a business that was booming at this time. It would have been important in regards to the, the nobility because Rome... The leaders are always in purple, are always wanting this, this guy, and, and, and even the people that were very wealthy. And that's her profession. As I bring this to a close, when Paul continued his missionary journeys, as we will see later on, I'm just going to give you a preview. There were churches that never helped Paul that he helped establish. Now get this. The church of Philippi was started Right there that day on the banks of the river. When Paul wrote to Philippi and remembered them, he is referring back to the time that he's meeting with the women at the river. It's it's Lydia that he has in mind. And when Paul was in need, it was this church on at least four separate occasions that supported Paul and sent him gifts that he mentions throughout Scripture. When nobody else would do it. And I have to believe that it was Lydia who was orchestrating all of it. From this one woman. 
the Philippian church, those women, it, it came into being. And then when Paul went back even to visit, he remembers them. The book of Philippians is called a joy book because the word joy appears so many times in this book. Of all of Paul's books, the letter to the Philippians is called his joy letter because they brought him so much joy for how they blessed him. You never know the impact that you're going to have on the life of a person. And it was the closed doors that God didn't allow him to go to, that, that, that God had, had, had set apart, that it was those closed doors, and it was the door that he opened in Macedonia that changed. You see, the Lord had a way. Let me say this in closing. It was in Philippi, an important Roman city, where things would be able to even spread. See, Paul was strategic as he ministered. There's sometimes when we think we got to reach every single person. No. You might reach one person here and another person reaches that person and the Lord just does an incredible work. An absolutely incredible work. It was a closed door that God opened up because God can see way down the road things that we can't. And there are times right now where we go through things and we are frustrated because we don't see what the end is going to be. We don't see how things are going to work out. I am convinced. I am convinced. That if God is directing your steps. He's going to make a way. I am convinced that Satan has worked hard to blind the eyes of some men to see that to, to not see their importance, to not see that God has given them something special and they ain't gotta be all brute about it. And they ain't gotta be I'm the man and, and I because I'm the man this go and No, no, it don't take all of that. Paul was a man who just obeyed God and did what God said. And his authority was from what God had already given him. I'm convinced that the reason why God is not first in many people's lives, by their giving and service to him, I'm convinced that, that it's because people don't really have a heart of gratitude. You see, your heart's going to reflect what you do for the Lord. If you don't have a heart of gratitude... It's going to reflect in how you serve him, how you give to him, how you honor him, how you praise, how you thank him. When nothing's in the cupboard, in the, in the cupboard, in the cupboard, if nothing's there, you can say, God, thank you that I'm still living and I can go out and get something. Thank you that I got some friends that I can call. Thank you that I can drive right down to Drake Avenue across from the police station if things get too bad. And say, Leticia, open up. I tell you, back in the day when I first got married, I was glad when Sundays came. Because we're going to be right up there at 23 Park Circle. Having a good meal. 
When things are tight, no footage, just very Sunday. No beans and hot dogs. We ain't got to worry about them this week. <laughs> it's a heart of gratitude that we should have. Not what you have in your Do you not know that God opens doors as you walk, as you walk by faith? I know that Paul was a man that walked by faith, and God did marvelous things. He ran into all types of problems, but God was right there, and he didn't leave before it was time. I don't care what you're going through right now. Have a heart of gratitude. Have a heart of gratitude. Have a heart of appreciation to God. And watch what God will do in your life. Don't worry about what it looks like now. Look what God has planned. He'll close the door because he has something better for you. Remember, God can only do the best because that's who he is. God does not know failure. He he, he does not know failure. He doesn't. We might. But he can even take our failure and turn it into good. We can take failure and turn it into more failure. Further failure and just a royal disaster. That's us. God can take that royal disaster and say, now watch me. Watch what I'm going to do with what you left all tangled up. That's the God. Here we come with all kinds of wires and things. Here, God, can you untangle this he can take our lives and turn everything around in them so whatever you might be going through whatever door God has closed look around because there's another door that God has opened keep going don't stop don't stop going just because that door is closed keeps it Lord okay that was what 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 do you have me to do what would you have me to do Stand on your feet, please. Today in this place, you bow your head. I'm going to first say a prayer. I'm going to do two prayers. Lord, I pray today that if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you, have not said, Lord, I know you've been working in my heart, and I want to give you the opportunity to change me from the inside out. So today I want to give you, Lord, what you've already have been working within me. I want you to give I want to give you my life, Lord. Does anybody has never accepted the Lord that says, Lord, this is the day that I need to accept the Lord. I want the Lord today as my Savior. Today, today in this place. For people that, Lord, are struggling first in their hearts to even raise their hand to make a decision. I know that you're, you're speaking, Lord. We pray that, God, they won't put off what you're doing. Then, the second. Some of you right now are going through things. You can open your eyes for a moment before I pray. 
Some of you right now may be going through something and you don't know which way to go, which way to turn. And there's some decisions before you and you're not quite sure what to do. Let me first mention this. Number one, I want you to spend extra time praying and in the word of God. I want you to also to remember this. Keep moving forward. You see, waiting does not mean idleness. Doesn't mean I'm going to sit down and just wait on God not doing it. No, it means I'm going to keep working while I wait for God to show me his answer. If there's frustration right now because you don't seem to have clarity, ask God to give clarity. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. Because mistakes is how we sometimes learn. Nope, that's not the way I'm to go now. I just know that clearly. God just showed me that door closed completely. Here's another one. Don't quit. Lord, in this place right now with people that may be dealing with various things, you know what it is. You know all things. You know what people are thinking in their hearts right now. Their problems, their situations, their, that the thing that they've been praying for, it is bubbling up right now. We are praying that people will spend extra time in prayer about that thing. Knowing that, God, the door that you close, you have another door open, and that we are to walk quickly through that door because our blessing comes from obedience to the word of God. And so we pray that you will give us a heart of obedience a heart of worship, a heart of praise, a heart of gratitude, a heart of honoring you. And we know that then there will be no good thing, the Bible says, that God will withhold from us. May we have a heart of gratitude, a heart of service, a heart of longing to do your will. We love you, we honor you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We see you Tuesday for those in Petaluma up there and Wednesday. We'll see you at 7. God bless you.